your company's administrative issues and problems. Call 800-707-1477 or visit the Executive Services website, www.xscbs.com for more information. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. Welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, created and hosted by Scott Knudsen, to explore the crossroads of horses and business. Now here's your host, Scott Knudsen. Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Scott Knudsen. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether you're watching our podcast on one of our many, many platforms or listening to us on the radio out in California on KCAA, our NBC affiliate. Thank you so much for watching today and listening. Today, we have a very fun show for you, Dr. Mary Marzak, and she is a mixed animal veterinarian living in LaGrange, Texas, and she is a motorcycle vet, and she has a great horse story actually many great horror stories. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're going to have fun. So, uh, <laughs> so did uh, you just grow up as a kid? Like as a kid, did you just say one day, I want to be a veterinarian? Oh, it was every day. I was an, <laughs> one of those annoying little girls that ran around telling everyone who would listen or even people that wouldn't that I was going to be a veterinarian. Um, oh, yeah. I would drag home every living soul that I possibly could that uh, my mother and father just welcomed into our home, cats, dogs, cattle, horses, you name it. Um, and it, it just, it was a calling to me. It's something I've always wanted to do. That is so cool. That's so cool. You get to live your dream, at, you it know, is. for your life, you know, so many yes, people sir. want to, and you just followed through. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never had a plan B, never had a desire to do anything else. Um, even my own mother, you know, just trying to be practical as I was in, in undergrad applying for vet school. And she was, she was like, well, okay, but what if you don't get in? And I said, I'll get in. <laughs> I'm not yeah, worried. But what if you don't, <laughs> and I'll get in, you know, and I did and off I go. I love it. just, no failure. <laughs> I love it. That's the only way to go. Just go straight. Just keep yep. going straight. Yep. So, so uh, did you grow up in in a rural environment, or did you grow up in town and in town in Houston? Yes, sir. In a neighborhood. Come on. And uh, yep, in a neighborhood. So, so our neighbors got a little nervous when they started hearing chickens and <laughs> uh, seeing lambs being walked with harnesses and lead ropes um, around the elementary school that was across the street from us. I had um, the only thing that lived well, I had rabbits. I had chickens, rabbits and lambs in the backyard. That's cool. And then, yeah, um, we didn't have HOAs back then. <laughs> and because I'm 53. So this was a long time ago. And uh, and let's see, then the steers and the hogs were were somewhere else. <laughs> But the chickens, lambs, and yep, they were all in the backyard. Isn't that something? So how did you, okay, so how did you start living in Houston, Texas, saying, hey, I want all the animals I can get, like Noah's Ark, just come on? Well, um, it just it just happened. You know, I I would, if, if there was something that I couldn't home, you know, with, with us, with our family, then I, I wanted to be a part of, of learning how to network where, where can you go? Where is the, where can this stray dog go that was hurt? And, and so we fixed it up and paid its vet bills, but you know, cause my, my mother and father were very uh, softies too. And, uh, but then where to take it, 
you know, foster it for a rescue group. The, the um, Houston Humane Society was really good even back then at, um, you know, they were subsidized well enough that, okay, you foster it until we can find a home. So did that. Of course, all the kitties just lived at our house and uh, everybody was spayed and neutered. You're allowed to stay, but you're not allowed to have babies. And, um, you know, and, and then I end up with one horse and then two horses and, you know, that kind of thing. But as long as we could afford to feed it and take care of it, we could have it. My parents did um, instill that in me in that um, it's not fair to take it in and not be able to properly feed it, clothe it, house it, you know, whatever. That was just a lesson. Um, even in in the human, you know, kids that were were going to my school that had bad situations at home you know, and would stay at our house for a while. And, and um, you know, you, you have to be able to properly care for something to help it. And right. so they, they instilled that in me growing up as a child, which That's was, awesome. I'm, I'm glad for that. Absolutely. That's a really cool, you know, you're cool to, it's cool to get to grow up like that, you know, mm -hmm. being surrounded. I was blessed. Yes, yeah, sir. absolutely. So where'd you go to school? Uh, in Houston, um, high school, then went on to um, Texas A&M awesome. and uh, finished my, my freshman and sophomore. And back then I went ahead. I, of course, I didn't have any money and needed to go right into vet school as soon as I could. And so I uh, took the MCAT in the spring of my sophomore year, which was at least a year or two earlier, probably than I should have taken it. But I was like, I got to get on this show on the road. I, I don't have any extra money for another year or two of, of rent and feeding myself because I like to eat. And um, so went to uh, started applying the fall of my junior year and actually got um, in the first wave, uh, got an interview and got accepted in December of my junior year. And so I went into vet school before I completed my bachelor's, but I, I didn't want to do anything else. And that's when my mom was like, well, maybe don't you think you maybe <laughs> ought to have a plan B? Didn't have a plan B, no. just went right straight to vet school and um, graduated on a Thursday, moved on Friday, unpacked on Saturday and started work on Sunday or oh, that my, Monday. Oh my goodness. So you had it <laughs> mapped out to a T, that's for sure. Oh yeah. 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 Get so, to, so get to work. I love it. I love it. So, so being a vet, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a very rigorous job. It's a, so, definitely a, a, a job of passion for sure, but it's a tough job. Can, can you take maybe somebody that's listening to us on the radio or maybe even watching this never really understood what a veterinarian does? Oh gosh. Well, my practice, uh, you know, the day could start with, with a uh, plain and simple, preventive care type of, of vaccinations and, and uh, making sure that something doesn't get sick. And then, you know, a hit by car dog comes in the door, um, a heat stroke in the summertime. Uh, we had a lot of those um, uh, burn patients, you know, coming out from the fire department from home, you mm. know, uh, fires. We'd have, um, of course, horse colics or horse injuries. Um, we took all of our own emergencies, and so that um, C-sections on, you know, all kinds of different species, um, uh, 
uh, one one day, uh, funny story. Little, you'll have to do the shepherd's hook and and bring me back from telling stories. <laughs> if, if, if you have a a point, uh, you know, you want me to make. But this this guy called from about an hour away, and he's sobbing. And the receptionist said, "This man's driving from Hillsboro. This was when I was in Granbury." Uh, with a snake and he says it's choking and he's crying and he's coming and he's on the way. And I'm like, okay, a snake that's choking, you know, depending upon the size of the snake, they could be fed a pinky, you know, a real immature two or three day old mouse. Um, They could be fed a rat. They could be fed a rabbit. And so a snake that's choking. So he walks in the door and this man is as big as my house. And he's, you know, a huge man looks like a bouncer all tatted up and, and of course you try not to stereotype but i'm like oh my god if i don't save this snake this man's going to kill me and so and he's sobbing 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 and i get on i get the snake and the you know their teeth are faced backwards so that when they ingest something it's it's stuck it's not going to be able to get out and the the lowest jaw the lower jaw had turned all the way around and the tooth had stuck and so the jaw was actually turned all the way around and all i had to do was it was a big boa it was about nine foot long you know it was crazy big i mean he wore the snake you know he was so big and um and so i unhooked the tooth and you know the snake moves his jaw around and he's all happy again and i mean this man is hugging me squeezing me picking me up you know kissing my cheek for saving the snake and and you know okay thank you bye that's awesome <laughs> you know, and off he goes and you, so you never know what kind of day you're gonna have which was so much fun right um you know to to not really ever know what was going to come in the door that is so cool. So did you do most of your practice in the clinic or were you out in the pasture? Um, I was, pro- I did house calls. Um, I did a, mo- a lot of house call euthanasias because I was the only mm. one in, the, in my town that would do that. And that, that was a real, um, uh, it became a, a real pleasant thing for the clients who wanted something like that to happen at home. Um, the animals were more comfortable there. They were certainly, you know, they weren't having to be either trailered or, or put in the car and moved if they were hurt or sick, you know, their family could be around them, their other pets could be around them. And so I did a lot of house call euthanasias, a lot of farm calls, which I really liked. It was fun to get out of the clinic and and get dirty and and smelly and fun stuff like that. Lots of, of pulling calves and um pulling we had a lot of goats did a lot of um dystocias or or, you know abnormal deliveries in goats um so yeah it was it was fun i enjoyed it there was something you said about euthanasia and i I will we'll get off the topic because it's not one you smile about but it was so interesting um you said you you after you do that you leave the animal there if if it's with other animals yeah, so it's it's really important. You know, animals grieve too. Animals need to have that closure. And, um, you know, so I would always tell my clients, 
in, in preparing for like if a dog had kidney failure and or cancer or something that right. that they were going to have to be facing euthanasia soon, I would tell them, you know, if you have other dogs, you have other cats, you have um, other pets at home, it's best let's euthanize the pet at home and, and have those other pets the ability to come up to the body. And, and, and sometimes dogs will just sniff and kind of look and maybe you know, investigate, and then they walk away. And wow. and if you were to just take your, you know, Fluffy out of the home, in the car, uh, to the vet, and never come home with Fluffy, that other dog, and sometimes the cats and, and uh, other species, even birds, and I've had guinea pigs do it, birds do it, ferrets do it, they'll, they'll look and they'll hunt and they'll search and they'll wander and, and watching, especially the dogs, look for that other pet is heartbreaking. You know, the people need to move on. Right. And um, I've done it with horses. The, the, if foals were to pass away at the clinic, the, the mares leave them in the stall. They would actually like bury the foal with shavings. Wow. And, and then when they, they kind of just step away from it, that the mares won't call for it. They won't look for it. They'll dry up a lot faster. They just, and I didn't do a lot of horse breeding, mm -hmm. um, but horses need to have that moment. And sometimes it's something as simple as a couple of sniffs and then they'll right. like, okay. And, and they move on. It, that chapter is closed and there's no more looking mm. or searching. So it's, it's a very, um, it's a hard thing to do. But um, people will call me later and go, oh, my gosh, I would have never thought that 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 my other dog needed some help. I thought I was just the one that needed help through that. And and thank you. You know, and and uh, it made me feel good that Absolutely. I was helping them through a terrible time. Yeah, that's that's a it's a it's a sad story, of course. But it's so so great you shared that because it was interesting to me. And I've been around animals all my life. And it's neat to see that other perspective for sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, you know, my husband would always say, you know, I, I would anthropomorphize uh, too much, you know, like that's where we're we're putting human emotion, human behavior, human right. logic into, um, you know, the animal's beliefs or, or actions. Um, and, and sometimes that's true, but I see it. I see how they respond. I see how they react and I see how beneficial it is. And, and so they need that closure just like we do. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's, that's something else. Scott will be right back with more. Hi, I'm Scott Knutson, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Heard on KCAA Fridays, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product. 
And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to javacowboy.com. That's javacowboy.com. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to javacowboy.com to order your coffee today. So, uh, the motorcycle vet. So, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that's the coolest name. I, that's just cool, man. Cause it's two <laughs> cool things you do right there among others. So what do you ride? Uh, right now I have a Goldwing, a Honda Goldwing. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we've been cool. on, oh, go ahead. No, it's all you. We, uh, I, I started with, um, a deluxe, which is a soft tail Harley in 07 and it was blue, white, and chrome. It was a prettiest, it was a hot, hot bike. And, um, but I just couldn't quite keep up with the boys on their bikes and um, they kind of drove a little faster. <laughs> and so uh, I got my first um, uh, Road Glide, which is the biggest touring bike Harley makes. And that was really cool. And um, then got another one. And, um, and we, we ride those all over the place. We rode them, you know, from Texas, all the way up to Montana, um, all around Colorado. And uh, then after, um, w- you know, we go far enough that we want to be a little bit more comfortable. And so now we're on a Honda Goldwing. Awesome. You know, my so husband cool. rides his, I ride mine. That's a good deal right there. That's pretty yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. yeah. So, so let's talk customers for, that you, you've worked with. Give, okay. give us another funny story because I think it's so in- insightful. <laughs> you know, when you're giving over the trust, of their animal or their pets you there that's a lot of responsibility so what's another funny story because i'm sure you could write a book oh my god uh probably the most odd story is i you know my husband be, because i see everything that walks in the door i never say no that was that was kind of a mantra i never say awesome. no find a way to get it done well i get this phone call and um it, it, oh are you dr marzak yes do you see camels and i was like uh, who is this? You know, it's, it's one of my <laughs> husband's friends. And, um, and I, so in case the guy was for real, I said, well, I've seen alpacas and llamas, I guess it's pretty dang close. And, uh, sure. I'll see your camel. What's wrong with it? Well, I need it castrated. Oh, okay. That's a first request, um, yeah. for me for that, but, um, sure. And he goes, well, do you do that on a house call? And I said, I sure could, but it needs to be kept up for 24 hours and then before it's let it out into the pasture. Oh, I don't have a place for that. Could it, I bring him to the hospital? Yes, of course. We have big, big stalls. And he goes, well, the problem is I don't have a truck and trailer. <laughs> um, so can you come get him? Okay, now it's getting weird. But okay, so yes, I can come transport him. I have a truck and trailer. And he goes, okay. So I'm not there, but he lives in this 200 acre pasture. So you just, here's my gate combination. You just drive up through my gate and, and just call his name. Just call Walter. 
(laughs) Name's a camel Walter. You know, certainly this has got to be one of my friends. And I said, so I just drive in and I call for Walter and, and Walter's going to come. And he goes, yes, ma'am, Walter will come. And I said, and Walter will just happily get in my trailer. And he goes, yep, you just point in and, and he will just walk right in there. I'm like, okay. And I said, so, you know, what is your credit card number? <laughs> you know, I'm going to charge you if I get out there and this is a joke or, you know, and he goes, Oh no, ma'am, it, just call Walter. Okay. So I drive out there. It, the, the ranch was in Glen Rose. I drive out there, drive through the gate, call for Walter. And I'm standing there leaned up against my truck, you know, and I'm drinking a diet Coke, which I drink much too, uh, uh, too much of. And I'm sitting there drinking my diet Coke and here comes Walter running across the pasture and i'm like there is no way somebody is videoing this and and i'm going to be on the show here comes walter so he comes up to me and i had a halter and lead rope out i didn't really know what i was going to do with it but i had a halter and lead <laughs> you rope were almost out. prepared but <laughs> and, and shucks i was alone you know and, and nobody to video it and so while i'm talking to walter about getting into the stock trailer that i had open he takes my Diet Coke and lips it and just tosses it back, drinks my whole entire Diet Coke. And I'm just watching this like, no way. <laughs> okay, Walter just stole my Diet Coke. Put the rope gently around his neck, walked him in the stock trailer, shut him in there, and off we go to the, to the clinic. <laughs> oh my goodness, Walter. <laughs> You and Walter in a diet coat. That's crazy. I love that. Uh, that. That was probably the most odd, unexpected. Glad it turned out uh, the yes. way it did. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, I'm just. That's amazing, Walter. <laughs> who who does that? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> that's just. It's hard to even imagine. I wish it was a camera on it because that's just amazing, right there. <laughs> amazing. So we were introduced by a friend of ours, Dr. Michael Johnson. And, and uh, you talk about being around, surrounding yourself with positive people and, and kind of pushing away, not pushing away, but just having those positive people around, those good influences. And he's definitely that. But would you mind just talking a little bit about your positive mental state? Because being a veterinarian is really tough. And how do you stay positive every day? Um. Well, you know, first of all, try to try to turn a negative into a positive in that, you know, okay, this, this animal is sick. Um, Let's, let's diagnose why and how, and let's find a way to fix it. um, If we can, you know, let's, let's do right by the animal and the client that brought it in. And um, so that's taken, you know, a negative situation and making it better. Um, Certainly surrounding myself with, with uh, good staff that that loved the job um they took care of each other they took care of my patients um with the same kind of care that i had and so um that that was that was positive um i i just had a a good way of of turning a bad situation better if the clients were upset certainly they were sad sometimes they were mad um, sometimes they were mad at somebody else, but took it out on us. You know, it's, it's, it's happens every day, you know, the, the desk clerk or the, the, um, 
you know, the stop and rob, I call them stop and robs, you know, the gas station clerk always seems to get the brunt of somebody else's anger. And we were no different. We would get that. But, you know, I had a very good uh, way of, of talking them down um, and, and making a positive situation. Um, it, it was very sad. Sometimes they, people didn't have the money. They had the desire to help but they didn't have the money. And, uh, you know, and that was always a hard situation. You just do the best you can. Um, But, uh, you know, it was, it was always fun for me to see something through. And, and in those sad cases, which they were terminal, um, I still had this positivity of, I'm going to, I'm going to help you find a humane end to a suffering that's guaranteed. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to help you. So I helped the the humans that brought them in. I helped, uh, sometimes there were kids, you know, there were kids involved and and parents didn't know quite how to, how to talk to their children. Uh, And so I kind of would help with that, even though I never had any of my own, Uh, you know, the very, the very best thing you can do is tell them the truth. Yeah. Because they'll know when you're lying. Absolutely. And, And they, they need to, to know the hard truth. They, they want to know the hard truth. And I let them be a part of it if, if they can handle it. And so I always, I always just had a knack for getting myself. And I think it was really self-preservation. You know, um, I had good coping skills. And so I was able to get through the day um, bearing suffering, but not carrying it around as, as my own suffering. You know, I could put something to rest and move on. Right. Makes sense. Which, which helped me stay sane. <laughs> well, like you said, it's the power of the positivity, you know, it's just get, but, you know, helping somebody else get there too, you know, and that's yeah. tough. It's such an emotional deal, you know, and good and bad, you know, good and bad. Thank you for listening to the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Scott will be right back with more. For more information on Scott Knudsen, the Cowboy Entrepreneur, visit us online at cowboyentrepreneur.com. Hi, I'm Scott Knudsen, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Heard on KCAA, Fridays, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product. And we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to javacowboy.com. That's javacowboy.com. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. 
Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to javacowboy.com to order your coffee today. So let's talk about the Philly. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, so so how did you, uh, and I've heard this story from a couple of different people. I love it. I think it's so important for people to listen to because whether they have horses or not, it applies. And so how did you come up on the Philly? Well, she, I was called upon uh, to go see a horse and, for a client. And uh, we call them, I call them sensuous exams, you know, like sensuous. Since you was here, can you look at this horse? Or since you was here, can you look at this dog? <laughs> so it was a sensuous exam, and um, the, the lady comes over and says, "Hey, would you would you look at this little yearling uh, over here?" And I was like, "Okay, yeah, no problem." So I go over there, and these, these there's these two yearlings in this pipe fence, and um, they are wild as March hares. They had never been touched. She had bought them at an auction, oh. and they were like climbing the fence scared trying to go the other direction and i'm like well you know go ahead and put a halter on them and she goes yeah i can't you know way i can put a halter on them can you look at her eye i'm like well that's gonna be Pretty up and close and personal you know and so i kind of pushed them into a corner a pipe fence corner so they couldn't hurt themselves too bad and since they were kind of pinned up against each other they were still enough that i could see that this horse had what's called a desmetoseal it's that smooth glassy outer part of the eye the cornea um think of it just as a specialized skin it's it's extremely extremely thin and uh, which makes it transparent also it doesn't have any, any blood vessels which makes it transparent so but think of it as skin and if you abraded it deeply enough it's it's gone and the very last membrane before the eyeball ruptures like a water balloon is the mm. decimase membrane so it it looked like a blister and i told her this this is fixing to rupture any second now the eyeball is going to rupture like a, you put a pin in a water balloon and um, it needs to have surgery you can save the eye you can save the vision um, you know, it's just a yearling. She has her whole entire life to live. She's a beautiful little yearling. And, um, you know, well, how much is that going to cost me? That's unfortunately, that was the first answer, uh, first question. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, first it needs to come to the hospital. Then I need right. to halter break it after the surgery that I do. And I uh, do medication every two hours for first couple of days, then every three, then every four. And, so, you know, I, I put out a number and she was like, well, of course the horse is not worth that. You know, I'll just take her back to the killer. Mm. And I'm like, well, okay. You know, owe me $53 and I'll be on my way. And which is sad, but it's in that, that positivity place of, I cannot make your lack of responsibility or your, maybe she was being responsible because right. financially she couldn't do the right thing sometimes there are fates worse than death, right? Mm -hmm. Being neglected, being, being pain in pain every day. And yeah, so true. I, I left and I went home and I, I told, I waited, I stewed about it, stewed about it. And I told my husband, I was like, I'm going to go get that horse. He bless his heart. He never tells me no. And, um, but, but I also am very good at not making other people's problems my own. And he goes, okay. So the next morning I call her and, and I said, okay, here's the deal. You owe me 
you're not going to do anything for that horse, even if you take her to the killer. So I'm going to, I'm going to come get that horse. I'll, I'll write up some paperwork and I'll forgive that debt of $53. Okay. Took it off her hands, you know, and so yeah. took the stock trailer, had to literally run like, you know, this wild uh, horse up in the stock trailer, brought her home, and the eye had already ruptured um, that night. And uh, so brought her home, did the surgery, which is a corneal graft. It was a really cool surgery, really fun surgery to do. So I really couldn't wait to do it. Um, did it. She did awesome. It was fabulous and saved the vision, saved the eye. Um, And then she just parked out in my pasture for the next eight years because I was riding my other gilding all the time. And he was just a perfect gentleman. He's, I'd had him for years and years and years. He was one of those that if you think pick up the left lead and go left, he just did it. I should have, I should have rained on him because, you know, he would have been, that one of those horses, you never saw the cue, you know, I never had Love to lean, it. I never had to push. He was just the perfect gentleman, like a Cadillac went out to ride. And so he was about 30. And when I had Philly broke, and so she was eight when I had her broke, which was a mistake on my part to let her just go out and be a horse for eight, uh, you know, for seven additional years. Yeah. But um, when he died, he, he colicked one morning and I put him to sleep mm. and I can remember thinking, which is a horrible thing. And people are going to think negative, terrible things about me, but I can remember thinking, honestly, why didn't she die? You know, why, yeah. why did you have to die? Why did yeah. I, why did you call it to the point of euthanasia? Cause he was a surgical colic and he was 30 years old and I wasn't going to do that. It, I, I posted him. I did a necropsy on him afterwards and it was an epiploic frame and entrapment. It was definitely a surgical colic. He was not going to probably even make it through that without laminitis. And he was already 30 years old. So I, it was the right thing to do to, for right. me and him to put him to sleep. But I can remember honestly thinking, why couldn't it have been her? Right. You know, why did it have to be him? So I, I had, I carried that grudge and that chip on my shoulder around with her um, as I began to interact with her and ride her. She grew mm. up to be this fat, ugly, <laughs> short-backed, thick-necked, pony-like, horrible confirmation from what I had experienced with my boy, you know, and um, and I was like, Ugh, you're like riding this cartoon <laughs> horse. Oh, I no. hate riding you. I hate saddling you. I just hate, hate, you know, I, I just could not develop this positivity that usually I carry around right. all the time. Right. I did not like riding her and to trot her was like, I was going to have a concussion or need false teeth or get my discs in my back replaced because she had this most miserable trot i literally had to practice breathing on this horse's trot so a little choppy is what you're saying a little choppy (laughs) oh my god it was so bad and so you know as i began riding her she was just a nutcase i could not find this way of communicating with her she was angry i was angry we were both frustrated we both certainly didn't like each other but I was like, you know, I'm going to keep going. 
I've, right. I'm committed to you. Um, you're my horse and I'm, I'm, I should be better at communicating with you. So let me get some help. And I started asking for help from various trainers, uh, from various industries. And I, I started taking her out and about. You need to see the world. You need to be around other horses. You need to be around other humans. I need to, I need to get you out in the world. So she was so bad. And I tell people this that know her now and they don't believe me, but she was so bad. I literally wore my full face motorcycle helmet to bridle her. She was that, she would twist her head, paw, kick, you know, it was a miserable thing. Took an hour to saddle her. Oh my goodness. It took about another hour to put on her um, hoof boots. Well, for you just to have to wear your helmet shows how bad the situation that was. Oh it was, goodness. it was terrible. So I, I would, I began to do, okay, let's back up. Um, let me go out in the pasture, um, give you treats, give you loving, walk away, always retreat, walk away. Let, let you know that it's not always work. It's not always bad. It's not always. Uh, uh, uh. And so then I started carrying the bridle with me. Okay. See, it's just a bridle. It's no big deal. Cause I mean, she would run and I would, I don't know if you, know about Indians walking down horses, but how they would capture wild horses, but they would walk them down. And so I would walk her down and this might take an hour and a half, but I would walk her down. I was like, Oh my God, bring in your Indian heritage and let's get this done. And so, um, then I'd start just putting the bridle up near her pole, take it away. See, that's all I ask. And one day she was carrying on and of course I had my helmet on and she's, you know, doing all this. And I just, I'd had it. I had literally reached a level that mm. I didn't of low that I was, I was sobbing. I was crying. I was so mad. I was upset. I was like, you know, this life is too short to, to be for you to do this to me or me to do this to you. Whatever's right. happening needs to no longer happen. And so I, I started this deep introspection of she's just a horse. She's just responding, you know, with finding a way out, away from pressure. So I'm supposed to be the human with the bigger brain, the more logic, you know, the ability to learn better, faster, more, etc. So from now on, since you're just a mirror, I'm, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be positive. If I'm having a bad day or you're having a bad day, I'm going to walk away. You know, it's not a good day to train. Wow. If I come to you with negativity, you're only going to give it back to me tenfold. So I'm no longer going to do that. It's, we're only going to move forward from here and we're going to get lots of help and we're going to go lots of fun places and we're going to do lots of fun things but we're going to, we're going to be together and we're going to like it. <laughs> Dang it. We're going to like it. Like it or not, and, you're going to like it. Yeah. I'm going to force the like. <laughs> and, and it was just a new attitude. It was a new perspective. Um, I started looking at her in a whole new light. She had become a boss mare to my remaining gelding, my, who was my husband's. And I began to appreciate the negative behaviors, what I thought were negative behaviors, she was, she would bully him, she would drive him to water, drive him to, you know, to show 
shelter when the rains, when it rained, as she would drive him over here, out of the wind, out of the rain. Um, she wouldn't let him stand near a gate. I mean, if there was trouble, she drove him into the woods. She was always driving him, driving him, driving him. And, and after I, he was euthanized, I realized she was just taking care of him. She yeah. was just being a boss mare. And then I would see her in the rain thinking I'd never seen her in the rain before because she would always take him and put him in a safe place. And so I began to, you know, appreciate her right. and what she was doing. And, and it was just a different perspective, again, bringing positivity yeah. and, we began excelling at just about anything we tried. She began learning and, and she, she just is truly my heart horse. It took me on a journey, you know, reserve a world champion in EXCA, which is an obstacle challenge. I mean, here she is doing obstacles at high speed, just answering cues that I'm giving her softly. Um, she's, she's willing and able uh, she's a lot of fun. That, that's such a beautiful story because it's the highs and lows of being with horses, but also you applied that same technique with your clients coming in with the different situations. Mm -hmm. You know, you had to control the emotion and, and uh, I love that. I, I love that so much. And so when, so when was your aha moment? Everybody has one, when they go through a story like that, when you just went from, yeah, it was when I just fell down in the pasture. That was it. You know, sobbing, literally sobbing. And I can remember, you know, I took off my helmet and I just sat there. And I can remember her, her looking at me like, "Oh, what is this? What is happening now? What? Why are you never, never seen this before?" You know, I could tell she was confused and and interested. You know, it's it's kind of like if you've ever lost your keys in the stall and you're looking for them and the horse yeah. is like, well, I'm going to help you. look. I don't know what we're looking for, but I'm going to help you look. You know, they're they're just curious. And and I can remember her sniffing me, you know, my face and and like, you know, not understanding what was happening because she had never seen it before. And and I can I was reaching up and, you know, and I found myself just stroking her just not even probably realizing it at first, you know, just like, this is, this is the end of this. Right. It's no longer going to be this way. Right. And if I, if I can't, if I'm not good enough, if I'm not strong enough, if I'm not able to help you, I will learn how to help you. Right. And, and you will learn how to help me. And we're going to do this together because this is supposed to be a, a, a team, a good situation. And so clearly this is my fault for not being able to communicate with you right. from now on. If, if you're not getting it, it's my failure. I'm going to own that. And I'm going to, I'm going to not let that happen again. Right. And so if I see that you're struggling with something, then it's my cue. It's, it's my translation during the learning process of, of the cue and then your response. Love so it. I'm going to work real hard at it. And, and, and this is, this is on me. This is my bad and I'm sorry. And, and mm. from then on, it was just, it was just different. She, she is a mirror. 
-hmm. and uh, she gave me good vibes and and because I was giving them to her. That is so cool. And I love the part about the boss mare. And I love standing out in the pasture and watching the boss mare and she, how she handles the other mares. And then all the young gildings or colts, I always stick them out there in the mare pasture because they teach them. Mm -hmm. They, they teach them better than I do. They teach them Mother Nature's way. And, and I love watching that. I love how you picked up on it. But when you needed help the most, she immediately went to you. Yeah, yeah. She 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 gives me everything. I mean, sometimes, you know, she's typical. She, she's not marish in that she does raunchy things just for fun. I mean, she if, if she's having... <laughs> If she's having a moment, I mean, we all have moments. We all have Absolutely, bad days. Absolutely, yeah. And sometimes, and I've I've had to give that to her, and she's had to give that to me. You mm -hmm. know, we've had to go. Okay, today's not a great day to work on lead changes. <laughs> you know, um, we we maybe just need to um, braid each other's hair or something. <laughs> you know, let's just be girls today. Yeah. And and stroke each other or whatever. You know, it's. I mean, that's just sometimes we need that, and um, and that's fulfilling. You right. know, to recognize that and and um, to have that happy moment when it could have been a negative moment, um, that's what's necessary sometimes. And I'm, I'm glad now that I can recognize it. Yeah, I love it. It's such a great story because, you know, you get to a certain point when there's no turning back. You're at the that's it. And all of a sudden something flips and then mm -hmm. it just becomes magical. That's the best part about horse training and uh if you let them, they'll teach you, you know, and you just were like, yeah. okay. And uh, that's, that's so cool. So let's talk about the, the, the obstacle course in the trail challenge club uh, association. Okay. So can you take somebody maybe that hadn't seen that, that competition? What, what's it like? Okay. The Texas trail challenge club that uh, is um, out on trail and um, sometimes they're private ranches that we've been um, able so uh, awesome. to ride on. And, and sometimes they're like state parks with equestrian trails or whatever. Um, but whatever venue, usually it's, it's about eight to 10 miles that we go out in waves uh, on horses. Usually there's about 50 competitors. And there's three different classes, uh, levels of, of advancement. And um, so people are, are riding their horses along. And about every mile, there's, there's 10 total obstacles. And wow. so depending upon the terrain, you know, they'll try to have them spaced out. And you walk up to an obstacle, and that's the first time you've seen it. Mm -hmm. And uh, then you tell them your, uh, your level, which class you're in, and they give you instructions for that level for the obstacle. And, um, and it, it took me a couple of years to really pick up on what the judges were truly looking for, but this club has um, a, a debrief um, after everyone gets in from the ride, uh, the judges convene, we all convene the riders and judges, and um, then they will tell what they were looking for as far as cues or or body control or what the rider should have done or decisions that that make the obstacles achievement better prettier easier whatever to show off your horse you know and your horse's ability and uh then the judges uh, or the uh, judges score the riders and the horses uh separate and uh, for the first couple of years, it was very embarrassing. And I really didn't know how it happened that Philly would actually outscore me. 
And uh, one day I can remember asking the judge, how does this happen that the horse continues to outscore the rider? And they just laughed and they said, well, she does everything you tell her to do. Which, what you know, which means I'm not telling her what to do correctly, but she's doing it, right. you know? And so I'm like, okay, well, all right, thanks. So, you know, and I need to think about how I ride, you know, my cues, are they soft? Are they accurate? Um, you know, am I doing the best thing for the horse? And, and she just, after that second year, she just sailed through those classes. So cool. And um, it, it's nice now to know that as a rider and, and um, as a horse owner, you know, people look up to me to, to help them you know, and even one of the judges at this last ride said, you know, you really need to put on a clinic. And I was like, wow, that's, that's probably the most flattering thing is when people ask you for help. Yeah. yeah I mean, absolutely. when they want to, you know, um, emulate what you do, copy what you right. do, be right. able to do what you do. I mean, that, that is, you know, the biggest form of flattery. And so, um, you know, to take, to be where I am now, even on the second horse, uh, from where I started. I love that. I, it's so cool. I'm so glad we, we did that after we, you told the story about the Philly, because being there, there's a lot of mental pressure and physical pressure, you know, going to that with that many horses, that many people getting judged. I mean, she mm -hmm. totally transferred. I mean, just, Oh yes. Yeah. So great. So yeah. what's your favorite obstacle? What's my favorite, favorite obstacle? obstacle on the course? Hmm. Favorite obstacle. Yeah, I know. Right. I, I, Mm-hmm. I um I really I really like in, in Extreme Cowboy Association, EXCA, mm -hmm. that's Craig Cameron's. That's an obstacle challenge, but it's it's speed, it's a race. Um they have what they call in out in and outs, which are jumps that um when you when you go over the jump and land with the front feet, when the back feet land, they're already propelling the next jump. And wow. so you're, awesome. you know, in and out like that. Those are the most fun because Philly has um, really excelled at, she can rate herself. She's not a jumper <laughs> and right. I'm not a jumper. <laughs> and, uh, but she is very good at rating jumps. And so I have a couple of pictures uh, which which really just make my heart just so happy when she's going over jumps I literally just position my body and and throw her the reins I I don't touch her face I don't move because I know I can trust her rating the jumps so mm -hmm. as I approach the ins and outs um, I don't touch her I don't mess with her because if I do I'm gonna mess her up and so I think that's going back to some of that woo-woo stuff that we were talking about earlier, you know, the introspection and, and everything. I know that I do not have enough going on fast enough to help her. She, she helps herself. And if yeah. I intervene, I'm only going to mess it up. Right. So, you know, that's nobody likes to be told, really, your horse is better at that than you, you know, but she is. And, and so and I've learned that. And, and now I need to back away and let her do her job. Isn't and so um, probably the jumping, even though we're not really great at it. 
we do it and and she really makes me look good at it because i'm not Um, (laughs) she just does such a great job so probably jumping that's awesome it is so cool so cool so you got a motorcycle ride plan oh yeah yeah every um august we go to to the mountains we go to colorado um and buzz all around Colorado. We go to Utah, we go to Wyoming, maybe right. South Dakota, up into Montana. And um, yeah, pending weather, we, we don't have a plan. We literally just hop on and go. And uh, we look at a radar and go, okay. And sometimes, sometimes we, we got lost one time. Well, not lost. We just came to a T. We were in Utah, I'm pretty sure. And we came to a T in a road we'd never been on before. And my husband kind of was like, okay, we just went left. We had no idea what left was, you know, we, we have a map, but yeah. we just went left and, and we end up, uh, you know, seeing some beautiful, beautiful countryside and, uh, you know, just with friends and, and we enjoy going with friends and, and we ride real safe. We, we, we don't drink and drive or, you know, uh-huh. we'll probably ride a little fast. Yeah. I won't, so, I won't you know, tell anyone. Yeah. Don't, don't record this for the insurance company, yeah. but um, we do Very like riding cool. fast. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. And, and uh, I, I love the story about Walter. That was awesome. And uh, <laughs> still in your diet Coke. Isn't that, that's just oh, so yeah. funny. So funny. D- didn't know that would happen, but it was, it was funny. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. I had such a great time and I, I know the listeners and the viewers loved uh, hearing your stories. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. It was fun. Thank you all for watching the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Thank you to all the great sponsors of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. If you or your business is interested in being a sponsor of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show, please call our office at 830-992-1786 or visit our website, cowboyentrepreneur.com. Hi, I'm Scott Knudsen, host of the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show. Heard on KCAA, Fridays, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'd like to talk to you about something I'm very passionate about. Those that know me know I love my coffee. In the morning, afternoon, and even late in the evening, I enjoy a good cup of coffee almost any time of the day. Now, my team at the Cowboy Entrepreneur Show has been working for several months on creating and introducing our own brand of coffee. We wanted to make sure that we got it just right. We don't want to put our name on anything unless we're 100% certain that it's the best product available, and we've finally done it. We have created a wonderful line of coffees, 13 fantastic flavors offered in whole bean, ground, and K-cups, any way you like to brew your coffee. Now, each of our coffees carries our brand, the very same brand that we put on our horses, our trailers, and our chaps. So you know that this is a quality product, and we only use 100% Arabica beans, the very best beans available. Just listen to some of these wonderful blends and flavors. Jamaican Me Crazy, Honduran San Marcos, Chocolate Cherry Amaretto, Breakfast Blend, and my very favorite, Haley's Blend. A coffee so good, we named it after my daughter. You can order these coffees today by going online to javacowboy.com. That's javacowboy.com. And if you order today, you can get an extra 10% off your final purchase just by entering the promo code COWBOY on checkout. 
Remember, that's promo code COWBOY for an extra 10% off. Just go to javacowboy.com to order your coffee today. This is KCAA. What does the Weatherbug app tell you? My commute will be a doozy today. Pack my allergy meds. Lightning. Pick up a pizza, not a tennis racket. With more free map layers than any other weather app, Weatherbug tells you more of what you need to know to prepare you for the unpredictable. Discover why over 10 million users choose Weatherbug. Maybe it's a commute to the couch day. Download the Weatherbug app today for free. It's time to make the Tri-City Center in Redlands a regular part of your weekly shopping experience. Tri-City is home to a wide assortment of quality businesses, including the all-new Ocean Aquatics. Check out their variety of exotic tropical fish, along with fish food, accessories, and tanks of all shapes and sizes. The Tri-City Center is located just off of Alabama in the Tennessee exits in Redlands. Visit the Tri-City Center today and find out why it's called the Mall with a Heart. I'm Rick Smith, host of The Rick Smith Show, inviting you to listen to my show during the noon hour every weekday right here on KCAA. My show is sponsored locally by Teamsters 1932, a strong union with 14,000 members in the IE. Our message is clear. Unions improve the lives of working people. You have a right to form and join a union. So go to Teamsters1932.org and get started now. Absolute Contractors, Inc. is taking time to remind listeners that blood supply levels are critically low. Donate blood generously. You may save the life of a child, loved one, or even a first responder. Go to redcross.org to find a location near you or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to schedule your donation today. This reminder from Grant Haljan of Absolute Contractors, Inc., a full-service builder with a wide range of experience. For residential and commercial, new construction, or remodel, more, call 909-844-6383. That's 909-844-6383. Or visit AbsoluteContractorsInc.com. That's Absolute Contractors Inc. on the air because they care. Single-family houses and apartments are the key to passive income, a.k.a. retirement. No one knows this better than America's most successful investor, educator, self-made multimillionaire, and CEO of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Meet Dell's team live in Anaheim, two days only, Saturday and Sunday, August 13th and 14th. To attend, register now at GiveMeTotalFreedom.com. That's GiveMeTotalFreedom.com. Limited seating, unlimited potential. Register today at GiveMeTotalFreedom.com. This segment is sponsored by PressPrint, Southern California's best full-service union printer and mail house. They offer the lowest prices around with unmatched service and reliability and free delivery throughout SoCal. PressPrint can print anything from letterhead, business cards, and campaign literature to mailers of any size, lawn signs, banners, door hangers, or just about anything you might want. PressPrint promises to save money for you, your business, or your campaign. If you'd like to learn more, contact Mike Krumbrin at PressPrint, 714-399-877. Get the union bug. NBC News Radio. I'm Brian Shook. President Biden is defending his controversial trip to Saudi Arabia. Talking to reporters in Jeddah, Biden cited good talks on ensuring adequate global oil supplies to lower gas prices. He said he talked candidly with Saudi leaders about the murder of Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi in 2018. The U.S. has linked the murder to Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. An abortion rights bill is headed to the Senate after passage by the House. The Democratic bill aims to 
decodify or lock in abortion rights nationwide. Washington State Republican Kathy McMorris-Rogers condemned the measure. Let's protect the human rights of the unborn. They have no voice to defend themselves. The House also approved a related bill ensuring access to abortions across state lines. Both House bills face long odds in the 50-50 Senate. The committee investigating last year's Capitol attack will hold a primetime hearing next week. It's scheduled for Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's expected to focus directly on former President Trump. Specifically, it's set to dive into Trump being silent from the point when he addressed a rally prior to the riot to when he called on rioters to leave the Capitol. The legal team for the accused Tree of Life synagogue shooter in Pittsburgh are trying to keep him from potentially being executed. Lisa Taylor reports. Lawyers for Robert Bowers argued yesterday that qualifying jurors to consider the death penalty would create a jury that's inherently biased toward conviction and capital punishment. In a motion, they argued qualifying the jury for the death penalty would exclude jurors who are black or Hispanic, women, and part of religions that oppose such a sentence. They said as a result, the jury would likely be mostly older, white, and Protestant. At the closing bell, the Dow gained 658 points to 31,288. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. 